Hey, you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas! Oh, you gonna be all right? Welcome to episode 51, a special episode of the Stem Demetrius the Podcast. Being recorded on Friday the 13th. Not coming out on Friday the 13th, but being recorded on Friday the 13th. Where shenanigans and hijinks always surround the horror movies, video games, television, comic books, and beer come early or come often. Come two weeks after our last episode. I am Carlos. And my partner, the man with the new laptop, man with stellar internet connection, virtual background above all else, Mr. Adam Griffin. Follow us on the Red Hot Twitter machine, handle us in the show notes, and the show at It's Them Damn, and of course on Instagram at It's Them Damn and Shlata's Podcast. Adam feels like it's been an eternity. But it's how been a, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. It's been a uh, a long time. Well, it feels like it since we recorded. Uh, uh, my old laptop died horribly, a prolonged death over the course of a week. And we recorded episode fifty on an iPad. Now we're here uh, after Halloween, after a very weird election, media-wise. And how you doing? Because we've been through a lot. Well, well, we have. Halloween was spectacular for not, you know, not doing anything. Um, Halloween's kind of fun. Yeah. Watched, we watched, I watched a lot of movies that day. It was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed uh, myself. And, um, of course, like you said, we had the, the election. And uh, that happened. And it's technically still happening, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk about more. Be a, there's gonna <laughs> more be a day when we don't. Well, yeah. There's gonna be a day. Um, we got Foo Fighters and Dave Chappelle on Saturday Night Live. Yes. On the same time. Yes. Which was fantastic for us. Right. I was like, oh, okay, Dave Chappelle. Oh shit, Foo Fighters too. Pretty sweet. All in all, um, it's been, you know, there's a lot of hope in the air, a lot of good feelings. Now we're in November. Oh God, it's, yeah, it literally has been two weeks because it was our it was a Halloween episode that came out. Jeez, two weeks, guys. Hey, I know you guys missed us, and uh, I think we're refreshed. You know, I think all that stress that was bogging us and weighing us down the last couple months. Slowly, you know, dissipating in the air. Yeah, I say slowly because yeah, slowly, you know, it's 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 getting there. It'll get there eventually, but yeah, yeah. This uh, like I'm not gonna like go off now, but like, but my main problem is is the media coverage of the whole thing. But like I said, we'll talk about that later. But uh, you know, 
you don't you don't give the old man child attention, and he'll lose metaphorical oxygen. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> wow. Okay. Metaphorical doesn't oxygen. Metaphorical oxygen. You know, not well, that, you, know, you can't we can't okay. condone other lines of speech. Well. Um. <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, yeah, we're here. Uh, yeah, uh, Halloween for me. Um, Shutter had Shutterfest, uh, an all-day online uh, convention slash gathering of sorts, where they ran panels and uh, capped things off with an airing of Halloween 1978, and then a special secret screening uh, available only to uh, Shutter subscribers of the film Lucky. Now, Lucky is going to be on the service on Shutter uh, next year, 2021. And uh, directed by uh, Natasha Kermani and written by and starring Barry Grant. And uh, the synopsis is a suburban woman fights to be believed as she finds herself stalked by a threatening figure who returns to her house night after night. When she can't get help from those around her, she is forced to take matters into her own hands. Now, I'm going to tell you the setup of the movie and then you have to tell me if if you'd watch it or not. Now, the setup that hooked me is when uh, Barry Grant's character sees this masked figure in the backyard. Kind of like, you know how in Halloween, uh, Michael Myers is standing behind the clothesline? Yep. It's like that kind of perspective. And she says to her husband, she says, yeah, there's a, there's a guy in, in the backyard. You know what that is? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that comes in and tries to kill you every night. Wait, what? Yep. Yeah, and the, the movie takes off from there. Um, not going to give any, mo- any other spoilers besides that, but uh, it was the perfect like double feature with Halloween, with the original Halloween, and a nice approach to the slasher genre, as well as you know the topic of you know what people go through day to day that they don't exactly talk about or are believed to be going through so phenomenal film I dug it a lot very nice so I can't wait for you know people to be able to see it next year well it sounds interesting yeah it was a lot it was a lot of fun very nice very so you said next year I'll be on Shutter. yes yeah. awesome uh, and I love Fair Country and, and we had those recaps going um, we missed out on the last three episodes. Figured we could talk about those. But like you said, today's the day. Friday the 13th. Today's the day. Yeah. People are excited. Revan Engines and whatnot. Revan Engines for Jason Voorhees. That's right. That's right. This is what they do. Yeah. It's like, yeah, a, Sturgis, it's like a, uh, you know, the Sturgis uh, rally. Oh, wow. Um, except, except no COVID. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are fans of Friday 13 Part 5. Well, which one, did, did you watch one yet today? I did not. Oh. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Did you decide which one you're going to watch? Well, you know, yeah, I watched Part 5. Uh, I was figuring I'm going to give the uncut uh, Jason Goes to Hell DVD one final spin. Son of a. <laughs> what? That's what I was gonna watch. 
Uh, I don't want to watch the same one you're watching. You can still watch it. Well, I don't want to watch the same one you're watching. You don't have to tell anybody. Well, I already know. Quietly. Nope. Um, Lobstop Films is releasing a, uh, a ghost cut of... Uh, the I disappear, the disappear music video. No, I disappear. That's a Metallica song. Uh, yes, uh, disappears music video with their version of Jason Voorhees. Um, uh, Never hike alone and Never hike in the snow all combined into a uh, feature length cut of sorts. Oh. It's, it's going to have new voiceovers and, and lots of fun stuff. So I'm going to check that out as well because they've been doing a. Uh, some great stuff on the on the uh, fan film front. Well, I had planned on watching, you know, Jason Goes to Hell, but now I'm not going to watch it. Well, Thanks a lot. I'm not stopping you. You're stopping yourself. Nope, it's fine. You know which one I'll end up watching now? Uh, Jason X. <laughs> had to try. Final chapter. Deuce. Part two. Ah, yes. It's good. Part two is getting a lot of resurgence lately. Uh-huh. People are starting to see it as the as the fantastic slasher that it is. Of course it is. And it's got the sack. It's got the sack. Sackhead Jason. It's yep. got the best uh, heroin. Yes. Jenny. So, yeah. Oh, we're talking about the female uh, hero. Not yes. like, not like, like you know, China. Right. Yeah. Correct. Or you know, I, I would hope everyone. Or the white horse, you know. Yeah. yeah. None, none of that. Although it was the '80s, so who knows? Yeah. Well, and sure. it was, and it's technically in Jersey, so it would, it would be. Yeah, oh yeah. Far fetched. Nah. Nah. Yep. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Uh, Exciting. Yeah, we're still waiting on that lawsuit to be resolved, but, uh... Well, speaking of the lawsuit being resolved... Yes. It's with great pain that the Friday the 13th game will no longer be supported. Yeah, that is a downer. So, I know, uh... It's just, uh, hey, even the dogs outside are barking. The dogs are mad about that? And that's crazy, because they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so, Friday the 13th Part 2. Uh, good stuff there. Uh... Can't wait to get my hands on the Shout Factory box set because I want to see the uncut stuff as far as the, the extended Alice kill and uh, just see all the extras, all the new extras, and that new transfer as well. So, fun times for when that happens. Yeah, big bummer when uh, they shut those servers down. Gunmeter did a really good job of that game. Uh, just lawsuits, man. Legal stuff. It uh, makes things rough. People people want their money, and they will undercut other things in order to get it. So, hopefully, it uh, works out for the best. Um, if who knows what we'll see in the future, we could see many different permutations of Crystal Lake, depending on how this thing goes. Get one version of Jason one way, one version of Jason the other way. Yeah, could make for some good storytelling, I think. So yeah, yeah, the game. Uh, hopefully, Gun can use their original idea. They were gonna make a slasher camp, something like that. 
I'd have to, I'd have to look up the original Kickstarter. But it was going to be, you know, pretty much uh, a slasher, asymmetrical video game at the summer camp, inspired by Friday the 13th. But then they got the license, and then, you know, things ended how they did. So hopefully they can uh, revisit that premise, kind of expand, and really go nuts since they won't be hampered by somebody else's creation. Uh, true. But that's still going to be a different game, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll play a game made by them, but the fact that we had a Friday the 13th game. Yeah. And now, because of everything that's going on, we're not going to be able to... I mean, we're going to still be able to play, but it's only going to be on private servers now. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe somebody will develop a new game in a couple years. Maybe this lawsuit just finally get worked out. Yeah. Or the more morbid thought is eventually someone's going to die. <laughs> well, you know. Hey, it's Friday the 13th. I can say these that, things. That's, 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 uh, that's how things go. That's how things go. It's just the way it is. It's, it's the way things will never be the same. Never be the same. No, sir. Oh, yeah. You know what else will never be the same? Oh, I don't know. What would that be? HBO on Sunday nights. Uh, about Lovecraft Country. Well, it's technically been a couple weeks already. It's been a couple weeks, but, you know, I had to, I had to work it in somehow. Just let me... I know stuff. As these dogs bark. Constantly. But, yeah, so we got three episodes to go over. Uh, we have episode eight. Let me start with that one. Jigabobo. Uh, picking up after the death of Emmett Till. Emmett Till was a side character. In fact, during the first season. And we pick up uh, in the aftermath of his murder. And uh, it's pretty much Diana's episode. As Diana is the focal point. Uh, dealing with his trauma. And uh, again, it's one of those episodes where I kind of couldn't really believe that I was seeing it, like what was happening in the episode, but I was glad to see it because we haven't really had this perspective uh, of genre entertainment, specifically horror, from this perspective. So, uh, just a fun and enlightening way to kind of revisit things and, and start started the process of uh, wrapping things up as the season starts to come to a close. Yeah, it was, um, that episode was a little heavy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we knew things were getting tied up. Um, seeing as they was it, there's only there was three episodes left. We had to get to the heat. The, the, the heat. The meat of the... The, of the, the heat of the meat. The heat of the meat. <laughs> the heat of the moment. Meat of the story, I guess. Both work? Yeah, yeah. The eye pocket? I don't know. Me the heated conflict. Pocket. Heated, oh, yeah. that's, that'll work too. Wrapping it all up. Wrapping it all up like saran wrap. Yeah, um, yeah it was a really good episode. I mean, I feel like I keep saying that over and over again. Like, hey, it was a really good episode. Because they've all been good. Yeah. But, um, that, it was, it was, there was so much tension in that episode. Um, yeah. 
was, it was yeah, it was the Diana episode, you know, like you said. And those um, see, now, it's been so long. I'm trying to remember if that's the right episode. That was with Top, the Topsy and Bobsy. That yeah, Topsy and Bobsy. Yeah. some of the scariest shit I've seen in <laughs> in a long time. Just creepy. And uh, so these um evil white supremacist policemen because that's what they are <laughs> they cast say what that's what they are in the show in other places um so say what I said what uh so they cast they uh cast this gross ass spell on uh, on Diana um and she is trailed by these uh, devilish ass stereotypical paintings that pop up out of the cover of Uncle Tom's cabin. Which, that's just loaded imagery to start with. And so they're just like chasing her and dancing around the whole city or whatever. And she's the only one that can see him. And just trailing her throughout the whole thing. Just creepy, creepy stuff. Like, this is definitely a, a, a moment where the show really leaned into its horror proclivities. So I was I was beyond impressed with that part. Those two girls, you got to give it up to those actresses first off, because yeah. they were fucking creepy, creepy. They were so good. Mm-hmm. Um. And that just whole visual of what, you know, of what the curse was. Right. Like, oh, man, that was so cool. And creepy. But, yeah, why supremacist cop? Yeah. You can do. 2020. I mean, wait, no, it wasn't 2020. But it felt like it. Yeah. Yeah, the imagery always carries forth uh, what else happens. Um... So we learned that Christina's plan to sacrifice Atticus during the fall equinox to become immortal. Uh, Gia shows back up. Uh, so that sends Letty and Atticus in, down a whole other avenue of things to rectify with each other. And so now you start to get sense that, yep, this thing is really uh, we're starting to wind down here. But the most uh, most screwed up part in the episode is uh, with Christina. Now, what exactly? You remember what happened with Christina? Because yeah, which part? Uh, the part where she paid the folks to uh, kill her, like Emmett Till. Oh yeah, no, I remember five. Yeah, because when she was having a conversation uh, with Ruby, and Ruby's, you know, Ruby basically was like, "You'll never." You'll never know what we what we feel, you know. Based in a, in a it's a simple. I'm giving you a simple synopsis of what the conversation was. Right. Um, and she was like, "All right," and she went and paid someone <laughs> to do exactly what they did. Yeah. But you know, I mean, how 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 could that really equate to it when she knows that she's immortal? Right. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, that's because the yeah, as soon as she as soon as she hit the water, she was already back out. Yep. It was like, all right. Come on. Get, get, get me upset. But, um, that was crazy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Ruby's whole little Ruby's arc throughout this whole series. I didn't realize she was going to play such a massive role in this, the outcome of the season. Yeah. Well, Spoiler, uh, we're going to get we'll, to it. We'll get to that later. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, so the cops are busy trying to trail Diana because they found uh, her comic book at the Ori. Uh, and they finally start to close in on, uh, on Letty and Tick. Which leads us to the emergence of a black Shogoth that comes out of the asphalt and uh, really just tears shit up. Yeah, that was crazy. I feel like I should make a t-shirt where it just says, man, that shit was crazy. <laughs> I'm a catchphrase on this show. Because I was like, what the hell is going on here? Because uh, they were trying to Montrose and, and Tick were trying to get that spell to work and they couldn't really get it. Well, at least they thought they couldn't because uh, they just thought they didn't have all the components lined up correctly. But it turns out it did work. And now uh, Atticus has a pet Shogoth, which we'll get to later because everything is wrapping up. Wrapping up in uh, so Diana gets attacked by Topsy and Bobsy. And Topsy and Bobsy. Were those official names? Yep. Okay. And uh, and she gets her arm mangled by both of them. Which leads us into episode 9. Rewind 1921. Uh, so if we thought that the last episode, episode 8, was really starting to tie things together, this one brings us just about full circle before the actual episode titled Full Circle. Uh, in it, uh, Hippolyta comes back. Right in time, because uh, Diana is starting to transform into uh, something just like Topsy and Bobsy. Now, what would her name be if she would have turned into them? Tipsy? No. Dipsy? Topsy and Bobsy. Dippy? Hmm. Plopsy? Plopsy. Jalopy? Jalop. I mean, Jalopy works for the time period. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, just put some food for thought, you know? Just, yeah. just keep that in mind, guys. Or Wacko and Dot, you know? like Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Good work. Good work. So yeah, so everybody's trying to keep dying a lot. And it, it's so dire that uh, Ruby ends up calling in Christina. So we get like the full-on family reunion. She sure does. And I'm still, I'm, I'm still flabbergasted that she would go and, you know, I get it. She fell for William, right? Mm-hmm. And now, there's no William. Nope, there was only Christina. It was only Christina. And here's the thing about... We're gonna see, because this show does take place in the 50s, right? Mm. Um, 
a thing about movies that happened in the 50s I'm gonna go on a diatribe right now you know like the old movies where people used to fall in love like in a day yeah and that was just normal yeah I feel like this is what happened in this TV series which makes sense for the time period because people yeah. would fall in love with other people in like dates and on shows and TV it's like she just fell in love with this dude this chick dude chick what you know dude chick um um I don't know Christina was just I think Christina was just such a manipulator from the entire time since from the beginning and um the way she used Ruby I was yeah. down for that because Ruby was such a strong character at the beginning yeah I didn't, I didn't like it well I, was, I mean they're, they're they're little things that kind of add up to what ends up happening to Ruby like uh, back in her episode when, during the body switching where she's berating the other black woman that works there in mm-hmm. the body with this white woman so there's, there's kind of like it, it's very uh, very nuanced stuff because there's elements of uh, of internalized self-hatred they kind of come up with Ruby I think at least how it plays out on screen with certain things so you know what happens well we're gonna get to get into that later but um uh, I don't think her it, I don't think things are as final with her as they see or as people tend it to uh, infer at, at the end of the episode at the end of the series right Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so, um, so they have planned to, uh, well, oh yeah, Lancaster dies. <laughs> By the way, just throwing that out there. So, so the dumb cops are gone. Right. Uh, well, some of the dumb cops are gone. Some of the dumb cops are gone. Um, so their bid for magic has failed. But uh, Tick and the gang decide to go to the Ori, to, which is not a time machine. It is a multiverse machine. Correct, which is... Very different. Than very us. different, especially to two of us who are infatuated with the thought of time travel and multidimensional travel. Yes. Yes. And we're saying that one is not the same. And in fact, in the theories of world and the history of the world, are we to say that when people thought they were doing time travel, they were actually thinking of dimensional travel? Yes. Because time only exists forward for the person experiencing the events. You heard that here, folks. Time is a, is a concept. Yes. Yes, you can't, you can't go back. You know, no, one, no one... Until people started to um, measure time, that's a human, human concept, right. the measurement of time. People just used to live and die. Time was relative. That's my yep. thought for today. Time is relative. 
Speaking relative. Ho. Ho. Tick. Montrose and Letty have to go see Montrose and Tick's relatives. So they concentrate to get back to Tulsa in 1921. Now, this part of the episode just uh, completely floored me. Because um, we've never really seen Tulsa before the massacre. Uh, We've been conditioned to see it during those violent moments and not see it thriving beforehand, you know? So, like, I was just stunned when they got there. Uh, it was, it was fascinating with a sense of oh no I really don't want to see this go down you know just just this dread mm-hmm. like this like we, we we saw it in um in Watchmen but it wasn't it wasn't this this was this was like us like walking outside and seeing it happen yeah like it was it, you know, it was just a regular old neighborhood, and you saw the shit that was going down, and that—that that was, like I said, for a, for a series that had a lot of strong episodes and strong moments, it was just like here, oh, here's another one. Like that's—it was just crazy to see. And, and and you know, it's you know the show obviously yes, shows is a fictional show, but it's based on it's based on true historical events. Especially yeah. this, this is a, a major um, event in U.S. history. Right. Um, so uh, they they meet up with they actually end up seeing. And, uh, again, you got to give it up for Michael K. Williams throughout this whole episode uh, because that dude's like if this doesn't get him an Emmy, what the hell do you have awards for? Because, holy shit, uh, the the journey that character goes on in this episode in particular, um, to, to, to kind of like facilitate as this traumatized narrator of sorts, ending with him quite literally speaking the names of those that were killed during the massacre at the real people. You know, he's, he he gives he names them at the end of the episode. Um, we see kind of his origin, and you know why he pretty much made the choices he made. Uh, not an excuse for those choices, uh, especially in the light of what happened in episode four. But you get to see uh, some of the reasoning behind it. It doesn't clear the deck, but there's a bit more understanding there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Michael, he's so good. Like he's all, every show he's ever been, every character he's ever played. The only one I've never seen, and you actually enjoyed the show, is Happy Leonard. Yes. I have never, I've never oh, seen yeah. If, if you can, definitely watch it, because that was a good show, and it shouldn't have been canceled. Well, you know, that's what happens to our favorite shows. Yeah, this is true. 
all of them just get cancelled. Yep. Because we appreciate the stuff that other people don't appreciate. That's right. True artistic stuff. So, uh, and we do, we finally get the call back that I was waiting on. Uh, as everything goes down, uh, uh, Montrose hightails into another part of town to kind of save someone. He, he uh, <laughs> save someone he couldn't save. They kind of set him on this path. And, uh, you know, he's going on about how strangers supposed to show up. Save him and George. The stranger never stares up. And then... Well, let me, let me spoil <laughs> Let me spoil because you've been waiting for this since, like, episode one. <laughs> yes, the stranger was Atticus. Okay, you were right, okay? Golly. You were right. I'm sorry. Yeah, because you didn't, you didn't like that uh, prediction. Because I didn't want it to happen. Damn, time heisted me without being a time heist. 2020, y'all. Freaking Atticus. He just turns around and says, You're the stranger. What the? I was so bad. I was like, Damn, Griff was right. And when this episode, this episode came out, like, I'm trying to remember. Was I still, was I still in it was, my uh, store? October 11th. Oh yeah, I was still I was still in the union, so I was still in my old job, um, and I'm just sitting there watching it at work, and I'm like, "Son of a, are you god fuck kidding me?" <laughs> oh, I was so disappointed. I mean, I wasn't, but I was, just because you were right. What's wrong with that? I'm the only one allowed to be right on this podcast. See, I got to redo my contract now. Hey man, I don't think you, you read the fault, the fine print. Hold on. Yeah, there's nothing on it. Yeah, well, that's that's your copy. It was an invisible ink. Where it stays, this is a ten-year contract. Yeah, we'll see. Gotta rego- renegotiate. Um, so okay, get your agent. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, Henry Abernathy on the job. All right, so um, because he'll 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 negotiate the hell out of me, and I'll I'll have to give up. <laughs> Tell me some crazy stories back in the day. Like, ah, oh, shit. All right, fine, fine. Adam can renegotiate. Um, where were we? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, name a stranger. All right. Uh, so yeah, because it's a stranger, bro. bro. Oh, you were know. right. All right. All right. Yeah. It hurts me to say, it, but you know, you're right. Well, it shouldn't. That's on you. So, uh, Letty's back at, at the family house, trying to look for the book of names, but she gets clocked because of her sneakers. Because, yeah, uh, 1950 sneakers don't exist in 1921, no matter what dimension you're at. Um. So she's trying to get the book of names from Tick's grandmother. Uh, but Tick's grandmother realizes that everybody in the house dies. 
Like, that moment was crazy. Because she put... It was, first off, that one was as smart as a whip, and I didn't realize how important she was going to be. Spoiler. Um, that was that was Atticus's great grandma. Uh, just grandmother. Yeah, just grandmother. Yeah. Okay, so that was a. Uh, so that's Montrose's mom, or that's his mom's mom. That's his maternal grandmother. Yeah. Maternal. Okay. Got it. Just making sure. Um. Man, that's when it started like hitting me, like how how deep this um this family, this just bloodline. I mean, we got hints of it throughout the other episodes. But now it's like coming into play. And the fact that she, you know, could put put all the facts of Letty coming back to come get the book. Yeah. But then she really knows. She's like, oh, well, that means we don't survive. Like, that's the only reason you're coming back in time. Yeah. Uh, or come, or back into this moment in existence, however you want to say it. This show makes me think a lot, and it hurts sometimes. It's not not, not a bad hurt. It's just you know, I watch a lot of dumb TV, and dumb TV just like dulled my senses. Um. So. Sometimes I can't eloquently put into words what I'm thinking. So, that's all right. So, uh, they get the book of names. Um, authorities start bombing the city. And Letty's so shell-shocked. She's walking as they're bombing the city while they're all trying to leave. Uh, just a great sequence. If you guys can, like, look up the, uh, the Where Is Your Fire sequence from episode 9 of Lovecraft Country just uh, absolutely wonderful television there um, so they all they all make it back they got the book of names and now we're there episode 10 uh, the final episode of the season and uh, this one played out in ways that I uh, didn't expect and both expected and kind of cheered on. Uh-huh. Um, certain things that I didn't want to happen but I knew had to happen just because the show happened. That's some surprise. And a phenomenal ending. Uh, we can talk about in depth because... I think sometimes we forget that we're watching a genre fiction show. So, before we get into it, uh-huh. I'm going to ask this question before we even get into the whole of the episode. Okay. Do you think the episode? Do you think the series is coming back? Yes. Okay. With that being said, let us continue. Now. So. Uh, they make it back. Got the book of names. Um, but uh, the Equinox is still warming. And uh, Christina um, just doesn't want to come to terms. She doesn't want to leave this family alone. Funny how that works. <laughs> uh, 
so uh, she takes the spell of invulnerability away from Letty because she can't get what she wants, thereby forcing Atticus to go to her. But the Freemans have a plan. Uh, we're not really clued into what exactly it is, but we know that they're working on it. Uh, they just need to create a spell gets uh, to tie uh, Christina to Atticus through their ancestry. Um, in order to do that, they have to link a piece of the past uh, with both Christina and Atticus. And that is one uh, elder birthright. Before we get there, we got to talk about uh, the fact that uh, Atticus's maternal grandmother, the one who kept Hannah, uh, who we kept seeing earlier in the season, reappears in a dream space of sorts to give them the tools that they need. We've been seeing this dream sequence for so long now um, that just like in every every other movie where things are teased, I don't like being teased. It annoys mm-hmm. me um, because I, I'm one of those people where my pet peeves is if you tell me, hey, I got something to tell you. Oh, wait, you gotta, I, I, I got to tell you later. I'm impatient. So that's me. So I've been wondering what this, you know, what this this dream of her running in the fire, you know, from the fire, yeah. and Atticus, and it's always you know. But then there's the other dream with Letty. Yeah. So it's like, how are these two going to? Um, how are these two going to come into play? Because obviously they're both having separate dream sequences, but then it becomes abundantly clear how and how those two dream sequences unite their stories mm-hmm. just out of like and also like out of nowhere it just you know we weren't we weren't even expecting it to take place when it took place right it's fantastic what I'm speaking yeah. of is when oh sorry no, no. just saying what I'm speaking of is the part where you know they're inside the they're inside the room with um, D, and she's just, you know, they're all all there together finally, and all of a sudden, while they're trying to get her back, they just collapse. Yeah. You know, Letty and Atticus, and then we see it. We see them now live out the live out you know those dream sequences. I don't know, it's extraordinary stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, Atticus has a kind of a reunion with his mom uh, in this this temporal space and then that's when it's like starting to sing it's like oh boy like something really bad is going to happen because Atticus is breaking down and Jonathan Majors is just selling the hell out and uh, they just kind of 
Well, Jay Z's pretty much saying, you know, I don't know if, you know, is this going to work? Am I going to be able to save him? And um, his mom says, you know, you're going to save all of them. And it's like, and like, I kind of knew what that meant because, well, and I'll, I'll say that like this, I'll say this and I'll explain it later when we get to the other episode. But, um, like, this show is kind of like the antithesis of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> In both mission statement and perspective. And I'll explain that later. But, uh. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, you better. <laughs> After I just went on my tirade about yes, like, teething. Sure. <laughs> but, um,. You know, when she's like, fuck it, I'll do it now. Uh, so, uh, at the, at the season, series finale, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they, uh, they get the idea to empower all the would-be potential Slayers, uh, with this, 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 with the, you know, Slayer powers and whatnot. But it's only for potentials. You know, it's, it's still... You know, a segment. Uh, you know, if if you're going to be called, you have it. If you have the position to be called, you have it. Uh, with this, with, with their game plan for this, uh, they end up empowering uh, everybody that's caught up in the strife. So. Like the scales completely shift. Um, but to get there, uh, they need the spell to work. So they summon the Elder Braithwaite, who gets bamfed in there as flesh and blood, all cursing and yelling slurs and whatnot. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he, man, he came in like Archie Bunker. He came in there, hard R's everywhere, just, <laughs> just throwing them out, just. I was like, what just Signature. going on here? These guys. Here you go, are... HBO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was. Like, I don't want to hear this word again. <laughs> just keep dropping it. Um, so, it, they can't really hold him, so they end up bringing in all of the ancestors to kind of bind this dude into the circle. And Atticus cuts a piece of his flesh. So they get the win there. But. He ends up baffing over to Christina, and you know these filthy barbarians. And <laughs> he gets baffed back out, so now she's kind of clued in. Uh, Ruby kind of knows because Ruby's in the car because they stood together. And finally, Letty goes to Ruby, says, "We're doing this thing. Can you help me?" And they have this whole—they're back in their usual conflict. Oh. Well, let's not forget that that crazy. Christina went flying through a window. Yes. Okay, because that was kind of cool. Yes. <laughs> can't, can't forget, can't, can't forget can't, the, the can't forget white me. girl flying through a window. No, no, no. The show won't. So, <laughs> so uh, Letty asked Ruby to, you know, get what they need for the spell from Christina. Um, Ruby goes to talk with Christina, and she's like, you know, don't kill my sister. Uh, they break everything down as far as, you know, what spell needs and stuff like that. You know, Christina's kind of doing the evil villain 
I'm telling you my plan, this is what I need to do, this stuff so you can do it later kind of thing. Uh, and uh, our team with GI as well. So now GI is on with it. So it really is a family affair. Um, they're getting into Woody to go up to Artem. And Ruby rolls up. She's like, I got the stuff. So Ruby's in the car. Um, uh, there's this great moment of lightheartedness in the car where they're all singing Shaboom. Uh, but that ends up being a tell. Because what's the one thing that Ruby said she'd never do? Sing that damn Shaboom song. Did she, you remember that? See? This is the issue. You remember stuff like that. And that's when we knew. So they get to Artem. Uh, Letty's talking to Ruby. Finds out. They're Ruby and Ruby. Ruby is Christina. And Ruby is dead. Or that's what Christina says. So they have a fight. Meanwhile, Montrose, G.I., and Hippolyta, all the bears, they get swarmed by uh, racist townies. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm not going to miss, I'm not going to make the comment I was going to make. Go ahead. Yeah. No, because it's, I'm just, I'm just going to get in trouble, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> So, you said racist times like it wasn't redundant. That's all. I mean, you have to, you have to really emphasize the racism. Yeah. And, and the, the racist perspective that these people have to attack black folks and Asian folks on a bridge. Just run up and start punching and stabbing people with fish forks and shit. Oh, so they're incensed <laughs> at direction from Christina to go attack these people. And uh, Christina's doing a spell stuff. Atticus is swarmed by more racist folks. Uh, and he realizes that the plan has been led astray. So, uh, yeah, dire straits. Not the um, plan. No, not the plan. Uh, Christina in Ruby's body, or in Ruby's form, rather, boots... Letty out of a watchtower so she plummets uh, to what is presented as her death but we find out that uh, Christina gave the invulnerability spell back to Letty in the process of the falling and the ground hitting but uh, Christina's got Atticus right where she wants him. Strapped up Facts. to a damn uh, almost to a crucifix pretty much. Which is uh, considering where we're going with how this episode plays out. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I thought it was a strong visual. Yes. To put it lightly. So uh, she's got the Kurgan sword. It's not a Kurgan sword, but I just want to say that because Highlander is always fun. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, that's not, this is not the show yeah. I was watching. 
So she's got the sword. She's got the sword of white supremacy. And I mean, that's probably a more accurate name. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she slashes Atticus uh, lengthwise across the forearms. Um, so he starts losing a lot of blood. And uh, she's, you know, no, no, I don't think you give that ac- that that's not an accurate portrayal of what she did. Did you say uh, she cut his arms? Forearms from you said cut right? Slashed. No, she's like, I don't even think slash will do it. She freaking flayed, fillet, yeah, filleted. Like that was deep. That was like I almost like was like, Ooh. yeah. Like, what the? That was a so like rivers are flowing from this dude's arms, right? Yeah. So she's she's getting to carry, she's getting to carry special. Yeah. And uh, uh, Letty runs up. To tip, so so now things are really in balance because uh, Letty gets sword, runs Christina through. Christina's invulnerable, and then uh, Gia fulfills uh, what the shaman said way back in episode five, six, five, six, six, episode six, uh, that she would see darkness before it was over. Oh, so there's this big definitely saw some darkness. Big cloud of darkness, because that's what happens when uh, when supremacy wins. A uh, big cloud of darkness. <laughs> hey, show us to the point. I, hey, man, I'm, I'm with you. I'm 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 I'm, I'm with you. Uh, runs to this emerging cloud, sends her tendrils out to bind both Atticus and Christina, uh, and we get more flashes. We see. Uh, build up of what led both Atticus and Christina to uh, this moment. Uh, we see Atticus really going over the plan, writing letters, uh, letting Diana meet the Black Showgirls, just really laying everything in. Uh, we get a vision of Ruby's comatose body, not necessarily dead, comatose. Uh, that sees. and finally, Fufush, spell is enacted, and Christina is in the process of getting got because when it's over, she is buried under a pile of rubble. <laughs> very, very under a pile of rubble. Buried right under there. Mm-hmm. That was um. When those tendrils came out, first I was glad it was those two, not the other tendrils. Yeah. Because that would have been a little gross. Yeah. Um, I, but I thought that was going to be the end of her, when she was going to do the binding. Yeah, me too. I thought that was going to be like her sacrifice, and that was going to be it. Yeah. So I was glad that was not the case. Um, and then when... Ugh, when when D shows up, well, yeah, we got to look back to D. So they they left. They left. I was just saying, I just go ahead. They left that poor girl in a car, right? Mm-hmm. And she's reading. Uh, she's reading the Lovecraft Country book that Atticus brought back from the future, and she says something that sets up. 
the entire uh, what happens at the end of the episode as well as kind of the mission statement of this whole ordeal <clears throat> here it is uh, so she's reading the Lovecraft Country book and this, this quote sums it up if they were ever to truly going to disrupt the hierarchy of warlocks they would have to spill blood other than their own oh. so yes Atticus blood is spilled Figuratively and literally. But then, we see the other half of the equation with D, uh, as we find out that the black Shogoth has been protecting her while she's sitting inside the car. So as uh, Letty and the others uh, remove Atticus's body from the contraption and, and wheel him out, D kind of walks on in. And uh, uh, Christina's playing to her to just, you know, help her get her out of the rocks. And uh, Diana says something very important. She says, they still haven't learned. Meaning, you know, if you, if you let these people do these things, stick around, they're just going to come back. So uh, she reveals uh, that she now, in fact, has a robotic arm uh, that Hippolyta ended up helping make for her, uh, and which also ties into the hooded stranger with the robotic arm that ticks on the future, or in the other uh, timeline, dimension, place. And... Uh, Diana flexes that arm, puts that hand around Christina's throat, squeezes till the throat bursts, and then as she stands triumphant, the black Shogoth roars at the moon, and we are left with one hell of a gothic ending and magic given uh, back to black folks everywhere. And the show is done for the year. What? And hopefully not, hopefully not forever. Right. What did you think of that ending? I thought it was amazing with that ending. First off, when she showed up with that robotic arm, I was like, what is this, Star Wars? Then I realized, <laughs> no, it's not Star Wars. And then I was like, maybe it is Star Wars, because, hey, it was a different dimension. Who knows where they ended up? Where she learned how to make that... Right. It was a droid that showed Hippolyta how to make that arm. Could have been, could have been C three PO, you know. Could have been R two. For all we know. Good man. Um, but when she just <laughs> burst that girl's neck, highlight, yeah. highlight. I was like, yes. I did the, I did the yes moment. I did that for reals. Yeah. So. It was good. It was, it was actually a really good ending to the show. Yeah, it's a great moment. Um, uh, and I, I think, you know, looking back on the season as a whole, um, there are tons of things. I mean, I remember how I was saying the show that I wanted was, you know, to see kind of this family throughout the ages deal with having magic. And that sh the, the finale pretty much set that up. Instead of you know, just the Freemans dealing with this. It's now everybody 
with the former power structure on the outside and how they respond to uh, this turn of events that could fuel uh, storylines moving forward. Um, just a great setup to the future of the show if they go that route. Um, uh, Ruby's not dead. Uh, there's a lot of flack like, well, uh, a lot of displeasure expressed at the turns that were taken um, in the show with the character. And, you know, that's, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's the character development that we've yet to see play out. Because, uh, for starters, if, number one, Jia has the vision of where Ruby's body is. Um, in order for the spell to work, the body needs to be alive. You know, uh-huh. it needs to have function. Like William was brain dead, but he was still he still had function. They made a point of having Ruby turn off um, her uh, her host's uh, life support. So Ruby's still on life support. And with the Freemans, then were now possessing magic. Uh, in all of its full potential, no longer being held back. Um, we just saw, you know, 10 episodes of this family and people connected with this family being so damn capable of figuring stuff out. You don't mean to tell me they can't figure out how to bring Ruby back? I don't think no. anyone's going to tell you that. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to tell you that. Um, uh, another big line, you know, there are other houses of magic out there what's going to happen when they lose their power how are the dark magics going to react right um what else uh we just did a multiverse episode what if something in the multiverse I mean we're dealing with you know cosmic horror Cthulhu stuff what if something in the multiverse doesn't like how this whole season played out Possibilities are endless. Uh, what else? And of course, the biggest one of all. Something that Christina told Atticus in episode three. Uh, you can't just go around killing white men. What happens at the end of the episode? What does D do? The one thing that show made an explicit point to say you can't do. Can't kill a white woman. How does that happen? You know, what if one of those racist town folks was hiding behind some some bubble or something and he saw that take place? And he goes back to his other racist town peoples and he tells them what he saw. And they start plotting revenge. Mm-hmm. Facts. The possibilities are endless. Um, yes, and also, uh, Big, a big reason why I want to see the show come back is because I want to see them rectify uh, what they did in episode 4 with Montrose um, uh, Misha Green uh, the showrunner co-creator of the show said that she made a mistake in uh, making that decision uh, she, she did not uh, do the proper work needed to be done in order to, to make that moment. Uh, 
to portray that moment. Uh, you know, so there was a mistake on the show's part. Um, I was to say that, you know, in the show, in the future, Montrose doesn't try to, you know, balance things out with his mistake in that regard. You know, there's a lot for the show to do. And uh, a lot... Um, a lot that it can do if uh, if they have the opportunity. Well, hopefully, you know, one season's down, and if they bring this bad boy back, probably won't be till 2022. Not yeah. the way these people work, HBO and their uh, and COVID. HBO. They're slow anyway. They're slow. They're slow to bring back a second up ep- most episodes or seasons, I should say. So Cohen's not gonna help. Yeah, well, I got I got no problem waiting if the quality is this good. You know, I mean, we don't have a problem waiting, but it doesn't mean the waiting still doesn't suck. Well, this is true. You know? Yeah. But it was a a fantastic season where every episode was good. There was no down episodes. Even pe- the ones people said were down episodes were not down episodes. And that's a weird thing that's happening now. I think, like, not just this show, but, like, like The Mandalorian as well. Um, people are very quick to say that nothing happens, or that the show doesn't know what it's doing, or that it's spinning its wheels, or that it doesn't have a direction. But then, everything's tied up and everybody's quiet. Listen, people, I learned in life that people want too much, but at the same time, people don't know what they want. So, fuck them. You keep making your TV shows how you want to portray a story, and there will be people who want to watch it and understand it and like it. And there's going to be people who don't. This is the world we live in. This is true. We enjoy what we want to enjoy. And at the end of the day, if you don't, if no one's enjoying the storytelling in these shows, stop watching them. Yeah. That's all you got to do. No one's, yeah. no one's forcing you to watch these shows. No one's forcing you to watch The Mandalorian. Yeah. You yeah. know? This, if you're a Star Wars fan and you think you have to watch The Mandalorian, if you watch a couple episodes you don't like it, just stop watching it. That's all it is. It's pretty easy. Don't watch every episode just to complain. That's 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 the kind of shit that I do. <laughs> but I co-host a podcast, so you know I got to do it for the people's. Yeah, the people's appreciate it. Yeah, you know I I do that for the people. Um, facts hashtag hashtag facts dot com. That's right. As the kids say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll TikTok that shit later. <laughs> I do not have a TikTok. No, I, I do not have a TikTok either. Okay. Although we have... We have an Instagram, we have a Twitter. And we have, um, in the past, danced like fools at Oktoberfest. We do not dance on TikTok. No. no, no, no. Too old, my joints don't work. So... Uh, let's see. Yeah, so that was Left Pair Country. Yeah, look forward to, to when it comes back. Uh, so yeah, anything else? I think 
we've caught up. Yeah, we talked. We talked some. Uh, we talked. Um, we talked. Talked Shutter. You brought up Shutter. Talked Friday the Thirteenth. You know, we talked some Lovecraft. We talked some Election. We talked some Foo and Dave Chappelle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what we didn't talk about was the goddamn Xbox Series X coming out on November thirteenth. Uh, November tenth. Let's talk about it. Later. No, I'm, I don't want to talk about it now. I'm just saying. Yeah. You guys can wait for this for next week. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. Are you going to... Oh. We, we, we got some stuff to tell. I may not be sober for that episode. I, I don't... I don't want to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be prepared. Be prepared. Uh, yeah, so you can prepare yourselves... The next episode, uh, we'll be talking about uh, getting uh, getting caught up with what happened with the. Uh, actually, let's do it now. Last drive in, head Halloween Hideaway. They showed Haunt and Hacker Lantern, which I've never seen. Wait, um, what they show? Haunt. No, I saw. I mean, I saw that. Hacker Lantern. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it was a film uh, from an Indian director uh, that wanted to capture the spirit of Halloween, uh, but it was it, and it played the movie played like uh, what somebody would infer Halloween to be without it actually being about Halloween. Yeah, it's that damn crazy. Uh, I suggest watching it on Shutter. Hack or Lantern? Yes. Subtitles or English? English. Okay, you said it was an Indian. I just want to make sure. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. Definitely watch the uh, the last driving version because Joe Bob goes into all the details about how the movie was made. And yes, yeah. and Joe Bob is the only person that makes a forty-five minute horror movie <laughs> to two-hour event. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> He's grown on me. We, you remember the first time I was like, "What is going on with this guy?" <laughs> This, this doesn't seem like the kind of guy Griff would be watching. His, that, was the first, that was the first thing that came across in my mind. Like, this isn't the, uh, this is, uh, this, this, uh, this beer drinking redneck <laughs> watching horror movies is not the person I thought Griff would be watching. Yeah. yeah. Prove me wrong. <laughs> what's, the, what's the information here? You were like, oh yeah, I know why Griff watches. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. I tell you, hit like a hit like a brick. <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, they're coming back December 11th for a Christmas special. We'll talk about that when we hit December. But uh, had to get you caught up on all things last driving before we headed out for this episode. Because this has been another episode of It's Them Damn Enchiladas Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, you can leave us a non track with voicemail at 443-906-0040. As always, a big thank you to podcast producer for the stars, Mark Warren, who's been responsible for making us sound oh so spectacular. So thank you, Mark. You got it. Until next time, have fun. Stay safe.
continue wearing your mask, hydrate, and uh, honestly, thank you for voting. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless horror movies. Bye!